And especially when like taper season comes around, yeah. everyone gets so excited and like they're hyping up They're They start like hy even hyping up like our gear for NCs and we're just like, <laughs> yeah. like, just like such a big like culture and like, you know, the whole yeah. team gets in on it that it's, you yeah. can't not think that good things are coming, right? All right, everyone, welcome to Social Kick. We want to thank everyone for joining and watching and tuning in here. We're excited that we have Kelly Posh, um, Texas Longhorn superstar on the show here today. How you doing, Kelly? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Well, first, we want to start with some fun audience questions here. So Will Davis USMS on Instagram asks, what is your favorite karaoke song? Ooh, okay. Definitely it's going to depend on my mood, but I'm probably going to go like something easy, something that'll get like the crowd going, like Dancing Queen. That's why that's what I think my go to would be. Oh, classic. Yeah. All right. Next, Jesse Crater on Instagram wants to know, what do you eat before swim practice? Oh, my. Ooh. Um, It depends on the day. Obviously, I'm not eating like the same thing, but mm -hmm. it's usually like pretty simple, like like I'll eat like a sandwich, like a turkey sandwich or like chicken and like rice and vegetables. I don't know. Very, very plain. I'm like kind of picky. Midwestern right there. If you sound, <laughs> if you ask me, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, now for someone as versatile as you are, Sethi Boyom nine wants to know what is your favorite race? And you can specify yards, short course meters, meters. Let's really pick one race. She has no idea. I, you got to pick know. one. It, okay. Or it's shorter breast, long course. We're going to pick that for you if you don't decide. <laughs> Maybe the – I really love the two free short course. I really right. do. And if I was going to pick long course, I'd pick the hunter fly. Nice. Yeah. She's a World Cup champion in short course meters. She, you should say short course meters. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that was one and done, though. But, yeah, no, I could no. see that. That's my favorite. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Should NCs go back to short course meters every Olympic year? Would you like to have a short course meters NCAAs this year? No. Okay. <laughs> Shut down. <laughs> no, no. All right. Someone, Erica.Sully, wants to know who's the best roommate in the whole wide world? Erica! <laughs> it's you. You're the best. There, is she your only roommate? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. By default as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you may be familiar with this Instagram handle, Arena USA wants to know, do you have any swim meet superstitions? Oh my gosh. I actually talk about this with Erica all the time. And no, I don't. And I and I, I love that that I don't because I think I'd really get in my head if I did. Makes sense. Sometimes so well, I always have to have like my nails painted and but that's just like upkeep like i just that's like to make myself look good there you go and but, there's like different yeah. levels right there's like a couple days or like the week of the swim meet then there's like one minute before your race superstition yeah. where you're like spitting in your hands and wiping your goggles yeah. or no. stuff like that right no, i don't do any of that uh -uh. luke what was yours you've had to have something it was like 1980 so what did you <laughs> you had your boom box on deck <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, are you are. Oh, you. I had to like get in the zone. It's like don't disturb me. I'm five minutes out. Like I am in the zone, and it was the stupidest oh. thing because I got myself so worked up. Like just chill. But yeah, it was stupid. 
Well, although we just talked about arena, I was a, a speedo sprint goggle wearer, and I would be the guy smashing his foam goggles on his eyes about <laughs> a thousand times behind the block to make sure you had that like perfect suction noise yeah. that occurred. No, I get that. I feel like I'm always like tightening my goggles, making sure they're not going to fall off. That's like a big fear of mine before I race is that my goggles are going to leak. Well, what is your favorite arena product now that we're talking about goggles and things like that? That's another question they submitted. I mean, I don't know why they would want to know this. Um, (laughs) My favorite arena product is their like thick strap suit. I feel like those are going to come back and my entire team loves them. Or just like, I love their fins too. I really like those. Just like anything. (laughs) Help us guys understand why a thick strap is better. Is this more comfortable? Is that purely what is better about it? Or is it a style thing? A little bit I think it's style. Like, it's not like the like old time thick strap. It's more of like the European like styled thick strap ones. I don't know. I feel like they just started like bringing those into the US. And um, yeah, they have some fun colors and I really like them. All right. Well, when, when I was coming back in the nineties, arena was the suit of choice for uh, we liked because in North America it was speedo that was everybody wore. But you wore an arena suit, you know, a Popov hat. Those are nice. Those nicely cuts for men's suits. So we like those. Yeah. Those too, the European stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we like them. All right. Well, thanks everyone for submitting audience questions once again on Instagram at Social Kick Swim. But now we're gonna dive a little deeper into your your past. So. I have family now that lives in Carmel, Indiana. I actually have a sister that lives in, in West Clay and my mom lives pretty close to downtown. So I'm up to speed on Carmel, Indiana, where I believe you grew up. At least you were there for high school. Mm-hmm. Um, for Carmel, for those that don't know, it's a very good swimming environment, very good club team, one of the best in the nation. But if you don't know, they are working on their second 50 meter long course pool. So talk us through maybe, I don't know what it was like swimming for that environment growing up and um i don't know what what's the view of carmel swimming outside of uh, the indiana world yeah so i've lived in carmel my entire life um i have two other sisters so i watched them go through like the whole carmel swimming carmel high school um experience so i just knew like immediately that i was going to do whatever they did right <laughs> so I didn't know like anything other than Carmel swimming or like Carmel high school. And I didn't know that other high schools didn't have 5,000 plus kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, right. And, and like going to all the meets growing up, you know, we'd pretty much dominate like all of them. And, and I was just like, Oh yeah, we're Carmel. Like we're going to win, but really it's such a legacy that they have there. And um, yeah, not a lot of people like Carmel. <laughs> because we're good at a lot of things, right? So, yeah, I don't know. But they have really done some amazing stuff, and they're really excelling. So whatever, you know, what they're doing there, it's working. Uh, it's interesting to find out what's working, because uh, Santa Clara Swim Club, Santa Clara High School in the 1960s. Santa Clara High School was like the Carmel of now in the 1960s. And, and their swim pool and their 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 the champions that they produced was uh, was unbelievable back in the in the sixties and seventies. Don Sholander, Mark Spitz, Gary Hall, all these people. Um, but now Santa Clara has now closed their pool down. The pool is condemned. It's it's really sad and unfortunate what happens there. You know, forty years later, whereas Carmel is building their second long course pool. They have mm-hmm. produced Kibler, Billquist, Young Shackles. They produce uh, somebody called Kelly Pash. And and I, going back over the decades, what do you think is working? Is what's the culture at Carmel? 
What's the what what's the work ethic like? What's the family orientation built into the high school? Let's talk a bit more about Carmel Swim Club. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. In general, the club is just like so tight knit. Like yeah. we have now there's people that come in like from other towns to train, mm-hmm. like states, right? Now yeah. it's so intense. And I even remember when I was in high school that we had people coming from like the different clubs around town to come swim with us. And I think a lot of it is like the coaches, yeah. um, they're so great and they spend a lot of time at the pool and like, just like with the swimmers and also just the culture in, in general, like, um, in high school, you know, you're not so separated with like different training groups, different coaches, like you have one coach and you're going to do everything with them. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just like spending, you spend like time with all those people like you grow up with them and you have them like for like, I was swimming with the same people for like over 10 years. So just like having those people by your side the entire time. And, you know, you grow up together, you go to high school together. Yeah. You're experiencing all those new things together. And I, I just really think it's the culture that they have and they spend yeah. a lot of time working on it. So. Yeah. You mentioned the coaches. I mean, Chris Plum's doing a great job. Yeah, he used to write for my website, Swimming Science, way back when. So he's, like he said, very dedicated to the sport. I, yeah. I saw him at Purdue, so I got to give a shout out to Chris Pfaff, who's there now, John Ranachek, yeah. a bunch of great Purdue swimmers there are helping build that culture and build up that community. Um, I, like you mentioned, you know, now you have swimmers from outside. I think Kyla Hahn is the most notable recent swimmer that's, you know, moved out there. Um, a great, I think she's 14 year, years old, 14, 15 year old out there. Um, Luke mentioned some of the other great swimmers that are formerly there and, and currently there. What's it like when you come back now? Maybe I'm sure you don't come back for that much, but maybe around the holidays and you're like, oh, geez, I got, you know, I've got the shackles here. I got Kyla Hahn. I have obviously these great high school swimmers. What's that environment like? Because I know when I came back as a college swimmer back for club, it was pretty chill. Um, but I could see a, a different environment in Carmel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, it's it's crazy now because like when I was in high school, I'd watch the college kids come back and just like float around and talk. Yep. They're not doing anything. And I was like, I can't wait for that to be me. And I'm not going to lie. Like there's there were some days that that was me because I get so excited and I want to catch up with everyone. Sure. And, um, but no, they they were working us over Christmas break and <laughs> And we don't really get to swim with the high schoolers because like the Indiana swimming rules or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know exactly, but, um, man, the other college kids are still like so into it too. So like there's no messing around. I remember, I remember, um, they have like those swim bridge buoys now. Mm-hmm. At yeah. I don't know if you guys know what those are. And they put them at 12 and a half yards and we were doing like 12 75s kick. And I was like, I looked at, I looked at this college, this, this college summer next to me and it was Chris Plum's son. And I was like, I was like, are we going to keep those there? Like, that's really far for me. I like it. I don't do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't do that. And he, he literally looked at me. He's like, well, do you want to get better today? I was like, yes, I'm, I'm in. You go. I was like, okay, he's holding me accountable. This is exactly what Carmen was all about. Um, wow. I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm in it. Let's do it. The buoys at 12 and a half. They want you yeah. to kick out the 12 and a half off of every turn. Was that it? Yes. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I saw that down at um, Sarasota um, Swim Club of yeah. Brent Arkney, and they do the same thing too. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, how, how is that possible? I know. Yeah, looks, looks from the non-dolphin kick era, though. You know, it was like belly smack and surface as soon as possible, right? At yeah. least my identity dive like this, though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, we've had a couple of Texas swimmers on, and they've come from different backgrounds before they went to Texas. So Erica, your roommate, you know, the background, she came out in, in Nevada to Texas. And then we had Lydia on recently, and her background is in Seward. I can't pronounce it, Seward, Alaska. And both of them describe very different backgrounds, training program-wise, but how easy it was to adapt and fit into Texas, how Texas was such a welcoming, beautiful place to adapt the program. What was it like for you from the, 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 the swim program background at Carmel, going now to Carol's program and Mitch's program and working with that program and environment there? Yeah, I think that in high school, they Chris Plum especially does like a really great job preparing you for... Mm -hmm just like about anything, like they're really good about putting you in situations there where like you have to adapt. So I think going to college was kind of a breeze and I was just super excited to like go so far away from home. <laughs> and they just had something new because I, because growing up like in Carmel, I was there for, assuming for like 16 years, not as actually not true, like maybe like 14. Um, and I was just like, I was ready. So I think that that also played a role in it and knowing um, that there was like Texas swimmers at, I mean, Carmel swimmers at Texas, like having Claire Adams be there as a senior when I was a freshman, mm -hmm. like, and now I'm, I'm a senior and Barrett Berglund's as, here as a freshman. I mean, I, I think it definitely helps and it kind of gives you like that sense of like home, yeah. home so far away. Um, so I don't know but we call ourselves like a bunch of misfits here at Texas. So I think just having ourselves um, like we just have each other and um, we just have like so much fun together at yeah. practice. Yeah. So it, it really made the transition super easy. And um, you know, I, I didn't have Mitch all, all five years here. Mm. So that was also something like when Mitch came, that was a change. Like his practices were a lot different. Um, mm -hmm. than what I was used to. And there's kind of a, a shift in culture and um, practices at Texas um, that I had to get used to. And it was a lot more intense than I was used to. So that was big. That was really big when he came. It was exciting. A, a quick follow-up on that. Um, I remember seeing a, a picture, of, uh, a video of you dancing at the blocks and it pans over and Mitch is dancing next to you. I was like, yeah. whoa, that's pretty cool. So Yeah. 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 That was at NCAAs last year. And and not a lot of people like I think that that video kind of popped off, but that meet was really tough for me, really tough. So. Well, why was that? What was so tough about that meet? Obviously, we we see the dancing, we see yeah. the you know having a good time. You know, you have two of your other teammates in the two hundred fly final. The overall team is doing well. What was so challenging about that meet for you? I think I just wasn't like hitting personal goals that I thought I would. And it's, yeah. it's as simple as that. Like I was just really in my head, just like confused and I, and I was hard to stick to, to like the whole process and like trust myself because, because you're not seeing the results you want. And it's just like, this is the biggest meet of the year. Like what is going on? You know, like throughout the season, I looked like it was 
on track to do what I wanted to do. And, and then when it doesn't go your way, it's just so it's daunting, but um, yeah, that video, like that video was like funny because I, it looks like I'm having such a great time. And I really was because I was like trying to stick to the things I knew, like made me like happy and what was going to like help my meet. Yeah. And they just happened to capture it on film. <laughs> <laughs> I captured it. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Like I knew like being there with Mitch would have really helped me and like and 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 we always have a good time. And I knew that that would really help my my meet right there, you know. Yeah, that's that's interesting to say that because obviously, you know, anyone watching, they see certain athletes that have, you know, bigger personalities and it's like oh they're always in a good mood everything's always going right uh, and mm -hmm. then you see the texas team and i think the texas team had an overall good meet um you know the the placing wise i would assume it was a pretty happy a good result for it for you obviously uva won but hey i mean uh like i said still a great overall result so do you think that's like covering up maybe like you said are you when you're not doing well, is that a way to kind of cover up how it's going? Or do you, like you said, you want to try to get into some of those activities that you know, okay, this is what usually puts me in a good mood. I like to be in a good mood when I'm swimming. And what was your kind of mindset behind that? Yeah, well, I had, I had no idea that they were going to post that. Um, but I don't think it was a cover up. I genuinely think that no one knew that I was down. Like nobody knew. Cause I, I do, a, I think I did a good job hiding it. Cause I didn't want it to affect my teammates. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be that one that goes over to the bench and is like f upset because one yeah. person can ruin everything. And, yeah. and, you know, we need the morale to be high. And there were so many good swims that meet that I was just like, just go back, cheer. Like, we're going to get the team going. Like, it's okay. You just try to like stick to your part. Um, but I think just going back to like what I know was going to put me in a good mood and keep me loose. I couldn't, sure. I didn't want to like be in my head about stuff and like think. So when that DJ was there, I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is so me. I was really vibing with the DJ and I was like, this guy is really going to get me through it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I agree. The DJ was sick. Um, so every hardship um, you know, makes you makes you stronger, right? And what what I say about the sword and 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 what you learn from it. You have a fifth year, awesome, can't wait. Um, what's uh, it's also Olympic year. It's crazy. It's in your hometown. What are you um? What are you picking up from that experience last year? Have you and your roommate, for instance, talked about it? And what have you guys been doing different in training, your environment? Uh, sometimes it's it's like my Niners last night. We just had a bad game and you were ready. You did everything you could. There's nothing you can just do. It's just you just had a bad game. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's something more fundamental and deeper than that in, in our sport. Um, have you made any changes with your coaches or stuff ready for this really big year ahead, your, your fifth year and your trials here in, at home? Yeah, I think a lot of it has just been like mindset and honestly because it's my last year I've just kind of been like I'm going all in and mm -hmm. and um like I think a lot of it comes from my my training um like confidence and because I I I need to have good training blocks but I can't train for too long where like mm -hmm. I don't know what it feels like to race like because I love mm -hmm. racing so I think it's been like talking with my coaches about a good balance of like training and then going to going to compete and like learning from the the competition in my races and then applying that to practices and like 
keep it going. Um, and just knowing that I'm all in right now because I only have so many months left with the sport. We'll see. And, um, yeah, we had like some of the hardest winter training I've ever experienced in my life. So I was like, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, let's hear it. Let's flex a little. What was the hardest set or hardest thing that comes to mind from winter training? Oh my gosh. Um, I did a really, I did a pretty, pretty hard set at Carmel actually. Um, and that was like freestyle, just like long course. They threw me in there, but at Texas, they, that was, yeah, that one just blew me away at Carmel just cause you know, everyone around, but at Texas, we just were like morning, we swam like mornings on Sundays and doubles on Saturdays. And I just, I don't know, that really got me and just not having like a morning off for like the longest time ever, or even like a day off that got me. We did some, we did some really hard freestyle and butterfly sets during that time. Um, none that I can like name specifically because <laughs> honestly, I tried to like put that, like once winter training was over, I was like, that's done. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, we did this one set. I will say we did this, fa- we do fast Fridays. Um, so we're suiting up and we did like five 100s free or like stroke or choice off the block. And then, or sorry, we started with two 150s off the block then five 100s, and then four 50s all out off the block. And it doesn't sound like a lot of work. But when you put into perspective that it's a Friday, it's the end of the week, and you're on a tight interval, and you have to climb in and out of the pool every time and, like, get out of the bulkhead, I think that mm-hmm. was the part. <laughs> Just like, and then you probably got, like, you were trying to, like, warm down between. So, like, you do a 50, and then you'd get out and get up. And I was like, this is a different type of game. That was it was really hard, but um, yeah, that one really stuck out stood out to me um, and my teammates as well. But two things uh, for swimmers, I, we know the feel when you come out of water and you have to get up on the block and your legs are shaking and you can't get your balance on the block and you got to get down. Like I'm gonna fall off this block for let's swim again. Like I can't do this. It's so true. Yeah. But, but Kelly, we've asked lots of swimmers about their hardest set. I mean, we've asked Charlie Clark. We've asked um, just now Jack Alexi Minikoff. None of them, John, have leaned in and talked about the haunting feeling deep soul issue they've had. You just leaned in and like, guys, this thing rocked my soul. (laughs) What did you do? It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, I I, want to talk about your your, your racing, though. I, I love the fact that you like to race. I mean... And obviously, your 200 fly training group is insane at Texas, right? With, with Emma yeah. and Dakota and Olivia, all these people. And what are you doing there? It's, it's, I, I bet you guys race practices. And I bet you, you know, you, re- and like, for instance, what Emma did against Alex in that 200 fly final. Well, how inspirational is that in the racing, right? Um, to, to, what is it about racing? And just yesterday, we saw, we did a video on the world champion and the NCAA champion racing 200 backstroke at Cal ASU. And, you know, the two of them just raced for what it was like. And that's what it was like. And I saw on your wonderful podcast of Erica, um, you guys 
uh, talk about, I wish we had a really good rival in swimming we can race against. I wish we could race OU and we hate and race them. You know, what, what, talk about a bit more about that. Swimming to me was about racing. I love to race John. I love to take him down and take him out, you know, and, and that makes me better. We don't go fast, at least John doesn't. <laughs> but talk about that whole idea of racing. What do you love about it? Who do you love to race against? What kind of meets do you like? Do you like a backyard duel? Just you and Erica go 25 breaststroke. Talk about that whole idea of racing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'd love to race erica actually i don't think i'd want to race erica but i just want to want to watch erica do it <laughs> me too that's why i mentioned it <laughs> oh my god i love that yeah um there's just always been i think i've just always been super competitive yeah and um there's just something about when i race my mind just like completely just like let's go of like everything and i just go for it and i've always really leaned into that and i think that's like a really big like advantage that i have against like others because i'm not like overthinking stuff yeah. when i'm racing and but i do i love a little like end of practice maybe or like a get out swim yeah. um i love dual meets i from the moment i came to texas in my freshman year i was like dual meets are my thing like I okay. loved them um I also just I think the older I've gotten it's like I do really love like the tier pro series because I love to race against the older swimmers um and like the pros and um and just like see what kind of happens like ah, it's just fun it's fun <laughs> yeah you mentioned dual mates. Now, last year, the Texas um, NC State dual mate got a lot of buzz because there was a lot of excitement. There was music. They removed certain events to really kind of streamline it. I think there was maybe yeah. even alcohol sales there, if I recall correctly. Um, yeah, you got to bring in the the, um, the people. Like, you hey, exactly. Hey, I'm I'm ready for betting on something. I, I that'd get me going, or a little more streamlined fantasy swimming. Luke knows I'd be all behind that. My spreadsheet yeah. would be pretty knee deep. But um, talk about what other things you think college teams could do for dual meets to make them more exciting, more engaging, um, and and all that for for the fans. Yeah, I mean, I think what Texas has done, um, what we kind of started. I think I think a lot of other collegiate teams have done it, like just hyping it up and like getting getting people all around campus to come in um, has been like a really big thing, like packing the stands. I know um, we saw it at UVA when we when we went there like two years ago when they brought in their, their band, when they were yeah. dropping their banner with us. And it's just like, it's like, it is a power move on the, the home team when they do that, right? It's like, oh my God. Uh, hey, I gotta listen to the fight song this entire time. Like I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and, and just like seeing their cheerleaders there. But then, but then it's like when you're like, yeah, Texas is gonna do it. Like, hey, yeah, we're doing that. Like, it's just a different vibe. And and just seeing um, how like the sport of swimming has really grown with the dual meets has been so cool. Um, when we had like over what thousand of people at our meet that one time i don't know it was either virginia or nc state i, I think it was, i don't know nc state maybe um and how we had like the lights going and we did like walkout songs you got to choose your walkout song and the people even like announcing the lane numbers i think is just such a big deal 
just because like you don't see that a lot so it makes it special it makes it more exciting you you guys bleed longhorn you every tattoo is the longhorns on you do you do you wear your hats when you don't have to wear your, your cowboy hats you know you you literally bleed it so i i, I never but we i didn't do that so i didn't quite understand the gravity of how disrespectful the upside upside down horns can be for you yeah. and it was, it's been quite controversial recently right with basketball um coach and, and game but that's that that really hurts but if to me does that against you that's a that's like a, a middle finger isn't it and those sort of things I yeah i like yeah. really i i'm like get really mad when i see that wow. yeah, i take take offense yeah wow. okay, <laughs> okay. Well, like you said, wish you had more of a swimming rival. Um, now moving to the SEC, and obviously your career I think will be over. I can't keep track of anyone's eligibility anymore. Maybe you'll be swimming for nine years in college, like I think some <laughs> football players got his ninth year of eligibility approved. But do you see that transitioning at all with the SEC? And obviously that being maybe a little larger and a little more um, historically strong swimming conference? I do. And honestly, I, I just got to say, like, I feel like Virginia is our biggest rival. Like, yeah. I mean, like, if you're going, if you're looking at who's ahead of you, like, why wouldn't they not be your rival, right? So I think as, like, whoever the top teams are, you're always going to be, like, a little, you know, I'm like, trying to beat them. Like, there's always naturally that that um, rival rivalry that you feel. But we'll see if something comes about um, in the SEC I don't know. That's something that the girls are going to have to figure out and, and take upon themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm excited for them. And I think that's going to be a big shift in, in um, yeah. for Texas swimming. All right. Well, I'm going to throw a little shade. I mean, people might say you might have to beat the other team for it to be a rivalry. So what's oh, it yeah. going to take for Texas to beat UVA in swimming? Hey, I mean... I love, I just love a team that always chases, right? I don't, I, I love an underdog. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to yeah. say. Uh -huh. um, I think, you know, working hard, you know, you know, we're pretty quiet. I feel like we're pretty quiet over here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I think, you know, I think it's going to take obviously a lot. It's going to, it's going to be hard. It really is. But in my opinion, like our team is just something so special and like, I wouldn't want to be a part of anything else. I already feel like I've won like my college experience. So, um, but I'm, I'm chasing an NCAA title and who isn't right. I'm just excited for us. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It, it's such a hallmark of Texas swimming, always quiet in season, always like swimming tired, you know, not all of a sudden, on day one, like, oh my God, where did that come from? Where were they all year round? It, it's unbelievable. I like, I can't imagine like swimming tired and, and doing times that are five seconds slower, but what that does for you, like, how do you feel when you touch your wall and you know, you see like a, you know, 220, 200 fly or something, you're like, what? But you just know what's gonna pay off and that mindset and that belief you have to have in your training and where you are and where you're going and your end goals, Talk a bit about that, the whole how the team gets together after you get destroyed by a team you should beat, and then you come back and you just destroy them in a day. Talk about that whole dichotomy. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's hard in season. You always have to, like, put in perspective that, like, you aren't tapered for certain meets. And yeah. 
and just kind of put in perspective that any race is just an opportunity to learn for like the end of the season instead of like trying to get a best time every single time and it's definitely can be like really challenging especially like when i just went to that tier pro meet after yeah. um the Meet's huge the block of training yeah and yeah. i was like i haven't even swam like a lake of long course meters and i was like what am i doing like what <laughs> and, I was, and i swam and i was like was that even good like i was having fun but like was that a yeah. good time and i was like it doesn't matter right now like my time for long course will come later and I, I just think it's all about the perspective and knowing and not getting like in your head about things and and like leaning into your teammates about it because if they do have a good swim that's awesome like keep going but like if if you're you're having a race and you don't go best time in season at dual meet it's just like well did you learn something like are you going to take something with you later on? Did you have fun? Like, are you enjoying the moment with your team? I think that's what it's all about. Uh, also, swimmers know. Swimmers know that, um, especially after winter training and you race. I remember swimming at 200 free and I touched the wall. I was like, wait, I went all out, but I didn't get tired. It wasn't fast. But if that time is how I felt, I can't wait until I'm rested. Because you yes. know that like, you finished those last sure. 20 and you're like, Oh, I'm I'm not hurting as I normally do. That training is paying off. I can't wait to rest. You know it, right? So, yeah. yeah, and especially when like taper season comes around, yeah. everyone gets so excited and like they're hyping up. They're they start like hy even hyping up like our gear for end season. We're just like, <laughs> yeah. like just like such a big like culture and like you know the whole yeah. team gets in on it that it's you yeah. can't not think that good things are coming, right? Dreamer. Yeah. All right. Dreamer. So now we're gonna. Now, now, now we're going to get into some uh, quick hits for women's NCAA. So we have women's NCAAs and Athens, Georgia at UGA, March 20th through 23rd. So let's do some quick hits for it, okay? Okay. What it, I don't even know what that means, but okay. All good. Just short okay. questions. Um, yeah. Will there be a DJ at yes. women's NCAAs? Yes. Okay. What time wins the 50-yard free at women's NCAAs? <sighs> Uh, we just, I think we just 20. saw 20.19. We just saw 20.19 relay split on, in a practice suit. So. Yeah, but I, I just think it's gonna be like a 20.01 or 20.0. What? Which team gets third at women's NCAA's? Who's ranked third right now? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> um, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> focused on, a, on other people. Um, let's see i'm thinking maybe florida yeah yeah i thought so should men's and women's ncaa's be combined no should diving be excluded from swimming and diving scoring no <laughs> how many events could you make then could you qualify for ncaa's in if you swim them all tapered how many events could I personally? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'd hope, I'd hope over six. Should they change the name of NCAAs to World Swimming Championships for 22 and unders? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the world. <laughs> Last question. Um, 
<laughs> all right, all right. Serious now. Serious now. Is that actually a, is that like out there? It, it, it was a question by a very famous swimmer who won the two hundred the hundred fly in season 2022, Minikov. He actually asked the press at the press conference, guys, I got a question for you. And he asked us that question. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. <laughs> Would you rather have 50s of strokes added to NCAAs or 100 relays, like the 100 free relay? 100 free relay. <sighs> Sick. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you survived the, the, the quick questions of NCAAs. Good job here. Luke, um, what do you have next year? I want I want to go into trials. I want I want to go into okay. the Olympic year. I want to go into swimming at home pool. Um, first of all, I'm not a, a I don't see how Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be a good environment for swimming. Uh, I, I, it's, it's being at NCs and being on pool deck right next to the water that made it really thrilling. I can't imagine being 12 miles away in the stands. Like, what, what, what do you, as a as an audience member, I mean, obviously for you, you're going to have family and friends come by. It's your home pool. It's at home city. You know the area. But what are you thinking about actually swimming in that environment? And how are you preparing to swimming in that that stadium? Because um, every stadium environment you have to prepare for. What, what, what are you preparing for to swim there? Like, how am I preparing? Or Yeah, wise? yeah, just to be in this big stadium, this big arena with all yeah. of this jazz. And the trials itself yeah. bring so much to the table, far yeah. less what they're doing now. Or how are you preparing for that at all? Yeah, I think I'm definitely using my past experience at trials to help me prepare. Um, I do think that there's there could potentially be a lot of distractions yeah. having it be in yeah. Indianapolis with my mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. um, I like I was like, guys... I'm not going to be able to see you this week. I already talked to right. them. I was like preparing. I was like, I'm not coming home. I'm here to swim. Um, and I think it, it's going to be very different. It's the first time it's obviously been in like an NFL stadium. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know how that's going to work. Honestly, I, I'm just like, I just know what Omaha was like. And, and you don't really see people on the stands. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the pool. So I'm very interested to see what that's going to be like and, and how it all plays out. And even if like Indiana can get people to go to that event, cause yeah. it's going to, it's a huge attraction. Um, I know they're really trying to like sell it to everyone in Indiana. And I was like working with someone trying to like hype it up. <laughs> I was like, how can you hype up swimming trials? Like not many people even really know what, what it is, but yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do. And, um the crowd that it'll draw in if it's not if it's more than just swimming fans and like parents hey indiana is swimming isn't that the tagline I, do, I think there's gonna be a lot of like club swimmers there i can see that yeah i mean you mentioned carmel we know carmel might have a big representation there yeah. and a very big um like i said big school big city so yeah I, I think it will feel well and it should be pretty fun but similar to omaha i would imagine for the swimmer side of things yeah. Yeah, but you know, we have to make an effort. I remember being in Knoxville mm -hmm. and there were a couple little banners outside the pool that said, Oh, women's NCs division ones are inside this building. No, it should be like the world's greatest athletes are competing here. The US has a chance to win the most amount of gold medals because of these athletes in here. It should be all over Knoxville. It was a tiny little banner, it was nothing. Yeah. And I really hope they do a better job of that. Um 
I want to go back to, to way, way back, 2000 Olympic Games. So I went to see my brother swim there. And at the time, the Sydney Olympic Games, Australia is swimming, to what you're saying. You go in Australia and there are massive skyscrapers with, with, with swimming posters on it. That's how you advertise swimming, right, in Australia. And in Australia, they had 20,000 um, spectators watch the Olympic Games. It was the first time we had 20,000 people watch us swim meet. And I remember my brother swimming there, um, and I went to watch him swim. And I'm way up in the stands, and I could hardly see him. And he had been to three world championships. He had been, he had done all the big meets. And he says he got in the blocks, and he raced the 200 freestyle. And it was only halfway through the 200 free, he remembered, oh, my God, I have to race. He was so overwhelmed by the environment and the crowds and the people and the cheering. He hadn't prepared for that, even though he had been to Worlds in Perth, and he had been to Worlds not before. Um, and I never forget that really messed with his head. So that's why I asked you that question about preparing for the environment. I'm glad how you're tuning out and just being ready for it because a lot of people, you know, they swim their first Olympics and it beats them. The Olympics beats them, the first Olympics. They need to go to a second one to remember it. You said that you're trying to um, learn from your prior experiences at trials. What what are you learning from? How are you bringing it to, how are you bringing your game up? How are you getting under 2084 and becoming yeah. top two? What are you doing? Yeah, I think, well, my first trials in Omaha, the last, the last trials, I was just like having so much fun. I was making finals I didn't even know I could make. And I remember Kevin <laughs> Smith scratched the 100 fly and I made it in number eight. And I like, I remember being in that ready room and I was just like, you guys ready? And I was like, looking back, that was so bold. I, like, I was like, what was I trying to do? I was like, I'm not supposed to be in this week. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. But nothing I, to lose. Right. And I just remember like I was so like in awe about like all the little like areas that they had for the swimmers and um whether it was like they had like these video messages that people could send in and I, mm -hmm. I loved that. Or like when they when you walked out and they had your picture and you could do like a fun move, right? I think this time, now that I know that I get to do all this fun stuff, I won't be like, <laughs> I can like, I can just like, focus. And, and, and I do think that this, the, the sense of like me being like lighthearted and having fun in that race helped me. But this time I'm not, I'm just, I can just do what I was, what I'm going to do, what I'm supposed to do and not like, not be so like starstruck by everything. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But it's also the fine line of also remembering why we do this. Remembering yeah. what why we love swimming in summer league and you know and, and getting that block. So it's a fine line between the two of like, yes, oh my god, what happens in the next two minutes can chart the rest of my life. Oh my mm -hmm. god. Same time, I'm about to have the funniest environment of what I'm doing here. This is so much fun. Oh my god, I can't wait to race this final in this environment. It's hard, right? As swimmers. Yeah. It's really hard. And it's hard being in the ready room when like some people are like. <laughs> so focused and like they won't even look at you and then you're like you're either like your legs are shaking you're just like looking around for someone to look at you back right yeah or or you're like doing something weird like me <laughs> it's really hard it's really hard to stay in your own zone and especially in just such a big environment you just got to remember what what yeah. you are what you do yeah. So what would you do? Say you're in a ready room of a bunch of Phelps faces. Everyone else is there like stone faced, un yeah. not chatting at all. Um, 
what do you do in that type of environment maybe to keep yourself loose? Because it sounds like you're kind of chatty with people usually, I but am. if everyone's like stone cold in their yeah. own zone, what, what do you do then? I am chatty. I feel like I'm always trying to crack a joke in there. Like, mm-hmm. let's keep it loose. Because I... Mm-hmm. The minute that I I'm like free, that I'm like looking around and other people are so serious I'm like oh god <laughs> I'm freaking out too I'm like I can't yeah. let that let that get to me um I usually just look for a friend I feel like I know so many people that I race mm-hmm. against now and being able to have my teammates in these heats with me um whether it's like at NCs or or even at trials I was with some some of my teammates like that that makes such a difference because I trained with them I got here with them and now I get to race with them. It's what I do all the time. So that helps tremendously. How, and then, how do you go ahead, John? Sorry. I was just going to say, so um, we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the psychology or kind of the mental mm-hmm. side of things behind, the, you know, the blocks and at a meet. How about yeah. warming up at a meet when there's a different, you know, magnitude behind it? Do you do any specific things in the water just to kind of keep you grounded? Or do you have specific drills that you like to do to be like, okay, you know, this is kind of just my routine to, to, you know, to ground myself even when the, you know, the environment of the meet is a bigger stage? I think my meet warm up um it's been consistent since I was like 16 years old so actually having that consistency helps me because I know that I'm doing the same thing that I do when I get my my best times right Mm -hmm. it's not like oh I didn't go best time because my warm-up wasn't the same I think that Mm -hmm. consistency helps me and um like saying like don't look at what other people are doing like you don't do that so don't I like look at people I'm like well why are they doing that? No, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't. Don't. And and just like having your your teammates and your coaches like there and you know, you're you get in, you get out. I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to do anything funky. <laughs> yeah, I think that keeps me grounded is just doing what I do and not um not changing it up. What happens when what you do suddenly gets thrown a loophole. So a couple of stories like uh, Brian Lundquist, he was uh, our, our colleague. He was at the finals of the 53 of trials and he's coming out of the red room and he steps on Gary Hall's cape and almost trips Gary Hall walking to the blocks and that threw Brian off and stuff. Or Jack Alexi, he, the, the semis of worlds, he has a, a, a freak dive problem and he still manages to recover, both of them manage to recover from that. You know, what happens if, like, it's so, to me as a swimmer, it would throw me off so much. But how does one then then just like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Your goggles are filled or your suit broke back in my era when our suits used to bust open, right? You know, like, like it's okay. You can handle that. A lot of swimmers can't do that. But you are, your experience, your fifth year. You've, you've raced it. You've done that. What, what what are you doing to, to keep yourself like, it's okay. Don't worry. Let's do it. We're ready. Yeah, I I can think back on some times where I almost like even missed a race or something. I got a dual knee. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I use that adrenaline. Yeah. And I'm just like, because when you when something goes wrong, you're so focused on that thing in the moment. And honestly, it can kind of help your race because you're not thinking about anything specific that you're supposed yeah. to be doing that race. You're just like you're worried that your goggles, but you can't see, and you're honestly just trying to get to the wall, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So I think the, the adrenaline and it just like kind of clears your mind. I mean, it can obviously go the other way as well, where you're like, ah, oh, dang, like my goggles are filled. This is horrible. Oh my God. But, yeah. Right. Just, um, I don't know. You just, you gotta like be able to like adapt to things. I think that's like the biggest thing out there is like something is, they always, always preach. Like it's something's not going to go your way. They always tell us that. Yeah. And you don't go looking for it. Right. 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 But if it happens, it's happens. And it's like, okay, that was it. It's okay. Like, go. Like, don't recreate those circumstances. Cause I think that's yeah. traumatic in training. Like, don't go and step and break my goggles right before I'm out of pressure off the wall. Or don't put, you know, don't empty my water bottle when I go to drink. Like, don't recreate those things for me. But there's a way to prepare for it, for it visually and ground yourself, I think. But yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah definitely. All right, John's got, John's got a fun segment for you right now. Definitely. All right. So we're just going to finish with some rapid fire questions here. All right, Kelly? Okay. Gotcha. All right. What's the hardest race in swimming? Which one are backstroke? Hmm. Morning practice no. or afternoon practice? Cause for effect failed. <laughs> no, afternoon. I am okay. not a morning person. And I'm, it's, I'm not a morning person. Indoor or outdoor pool? Outdoor. Kick set or pool set? Kick. Olympic gold or world record? <laughs> oh my god i think the olympic oh, gold because the metal man i'd want that i mm -hmm. want to hold on yeah do you always touch the wall with two hands on breast and fly turns yes is it okay to wear clear goggles <laughs> no no <laughs> oh phoebe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't do it at least get a little mirror in there. No, don't yeah, do clear. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see your eyes like. <laughs> no. And then the worst is when you can see that they're fogged up. I'm like, I know that's yeah. not, I know you're not having a good time in there. <laughs> <laughs> when you retire, do you think you'll swim still or quit forever? <laughs> I think I'll, I think there's a little bit in the middle because I love the water, but I don't mm. think I push myself as hard as I do. I think I'd quit for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Do you pee in the pool? Yes. Swimming or dancing? Swimming. What year would the women's 200 long course butterfly world record be broken? I don't even know what it is. 201. <laughs> 201. <laughs> um, I want to say, what is the fastest time right now? Like a 203? Yeah, I believe that's, yeah. I think it's two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say within the next three years. Ooh, nice. All right. Last one. How often do you do social kick? Every day. Of course. All right, Kelly, you nailed them all. Great job here. And thank you very much for, for coming on the show, Kelly. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a blast. That was so much fun. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, Kelly, we wish you the best of luck going into the rest of NCAAs and trials. And everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Social Kick. Once again, you can find us at Social Kick Swim, and we'll see you next time. Hey, guys. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website.